0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Rudget Show, the show where I interview people who are reshaping what it means to live well in the 21st century. We talk the creator economy, learning and building in public, and how we can hack our way out of our most pressing issues. Enjoy. Yeah, (laughs) we obviously talked about a lot of interesting things before I was recording anyway. But um, so you were a WWDC scholar for three years. And then I also read so you were uh, a writer for the Huffington post for a little while. Oh, yeah, um. that
1: was a funny story as well. I just like cold emailed Ariana Huffington saying, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know, what was that like 16 or I don't know, 15, whatever that was like, I, I'm like this year's old, just exploiting my age and saying, okay, I want to share my journey being a young app developer and it would be really nice if I could write about my stuff on Huffington. Actually, it would be really nice if you would want to write about it. And she ended up, okay, let's just take this access and you can just write about it yourself. And she yes. just like connected me, invited me to be a contributor there. I was talking to my friends about it and they were like, okay, we, my writer friend about it, he's actually a writer who like wrote for other publications as well. And he mm-hmm. said, Huffington Post has a policy that they do not allow people under 18 to, for some reason, I was I don't know. She just invited me. I told her my age. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: funny. She (laughs) broke the rules for you. Yeah. And so you're, you're 16 years old. So you've done WWDC. uh, How many times at this point? When is this like whole sort of, Oh, apps are a cool thing and and people are getting downloads. When was that sort of realization for you?
1: Oh, it's bad. Yeah. I guess just like a quick history, I guess would be, so I started, started getting into tech, with like making websites just cause those were <laughs> cool and being like a webmaster that was mm-hmm. like when I was eight and I ended up oh, doing gosh. that for myself. And then it was like, All right, this kid knows how to make a website. And then my school was like, can you make, can you help us make our school's website and other people like hosting student club events or whatnot. They were like, can you make our website? And then I ended up being like a professional web developer mm-hmm. and then I got so that was like, yeah, till like about ninth, eighth grade-ish, I was like making website eighth grade. Yeah. I was making websites for like student clubs and whatnot, just professionally. And I was like, okay, I need to ignore more stuff. This is getting boring. And then I just started doing more freelance stuff, just trying out lots of r- random stuff, like writing tutorials or like doing work on Fiverr for $5 gigs. It was pretty interesting. So like people would pay you, I'm just a kid and people are paying me five bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks for like... Getting them a few likes on Facebook or like sharing their post about it someplace else or something like that, or even just like helping them proofread something or like writing uh, writing a blog post or something like that, and then that was just like fun hustling and trying to make money and seeing like what that world is like. So I mm-hmm. ended up doing that for like from ninth to tenth, yeah, eighth or ninth-ish to like tenth at the end of the tenth grade-ish, and then that's when I ended up like okay. It's not technical enough, challenging enough for me. And then that's the point where I ended up also de- discovering iOS apps and WWDC and all that stuff on tech Twitter, mm-hmm. I just I guess, the Twitter that I joined and like all the cool kids were hanging out there and like making these cool apps that you would actually sometimes get to hear in mainstream media. This kid made this cool app and a uh, 10,000 people are using it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started, it took me like a, about four to five months to actually Go from what the heck is happening on the screen to actually making something, Mm -hmm. and then it was easy to just yeah apply to WWDC because you could just submit any of your apps. So I just submitted my app, and yeah, that worked out. It's also pretty interesting. So I I made my first app, and I just made it a paid app just for fun because why not? And people just started buying it. Like why? (laughs) Because coming from my experience, like doing my hustle on freelancing, it was like, I had to poach people, <laughs> try to convince people to buy buy my gig or whatever. And this was mm-hmm. just, I just put it up there and people started downloading this app. And I experimented with like all sorts of pricing from 99 cents all the way to 50 bucks and people were still buying it. Like, why, why does so, it happen?
0: <laughs> so you released it and it started doing well. So you tried making it more expensive just to see what happened. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Like, why are you buying it? I I was just mind blown because I was not doing any advertising. I did not know how to do any advertising. It was just on the app store mm-hmm. and it was just, yeah, getting bought. It, it, was not, it was not like super popular, but like popular enough to like generate a few thousand dollars. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you said it went from 99 cents all the way up to $50. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I did find a ceiling. Oh, <laughs> uh, one five. 50, five, zero. <laughs> Oh gosh. Oh gosh. That's a lot for an app. Uh, and so, so okay.
1: That me, okay, people have money in the world. If you just put it out, like all around the world, people would be buying it. And then I would like, so I was just thinking about it again, like Thanksgiving and Christmas is coming up and I would used to see those bump in sales during this period, like mm-hmm. usually whatever my sales would be, they would like, jump up 200, 300% during this time. And that would be a cool Christmas gift. This month I'm gonna earn more than any other month.
0: Yeah. What was the name of the app?
1: So this was Sleep Isle was my first app. I had this on iPhone and then when Apple the first Apple Watch launched, the, the uh, and they like put up the app store as well. Wait, when it was that? It was like in 2014, I think. That's when I like made this sleep tracking app with like Apple watch it would track your heart rate and it would connect your Bluetooth speakers. And the idea was that it would help you gently get into sleep and like gently wake you up. <laughs> it would understand your circadian rhythm and try to use the tap of vibration things as well. Like that, that got a lot of users cause just because you don't want to disturb your partner and we just vibrate on your hand to wake you up. Mm-hmm. Because no one else was really doing it at that point. Mm-hmm. It was, and people were just buying this new watch that helped mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, with just yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Getting downloads and getting people to buy it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, this is working now. I can make more apps. I actually also just tried to clone stuff up, open source stuff off from GitHub and try to just put it on App Store for paid. There are like a hundred apps doing the same stuff, but even still, if I put it for paid, People are going to still buy it. Yeah. That actually happened.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> like so- I had this
1: ping pong game on Apple watch and for iPhone and yeah, there's like a hundred ping pong games for uh, ping pong games for yeah. iPhone or Apple watch. And it was still working out.
0: And people were still buying it. <laughs> wow. So where did you get the, was that sort of solving a personal problem that you had the waking up and, and going to sleep gently?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) This is high school, so everyone's got problems with sleep and time management. So Uh that's where it came from. I needed to get a good night's sleep and it was like damn difficult to be actually fully rested. And I was like, okay, how can I solve it? Maybe I can use tech to solve it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to, yeah, make this app. That was, Mm -hmm. yeah, totally motivated, with like personal goal of trying to solve it. Although I guess it not did not work too much. I still struggle with sleep issues, but it's okay. Still a work in progress.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. And so what was the, so where were you at this time? You weren't in Atlanta, right?
1: I was in India. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so what was the sort of response from your peers or sort of your schoolmates? Did a lot of people around you start using it? No.
1: It, it, it was a paid app. <laughs> Who was going to buy it?
0: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, they did not care about it at all, but like, mm-hmm. sure, who cares? That's why Twitter was helpful or like to just, yeah, promote the app or share it with other people and yeah, and get, you know, how can I. And so I was seeing that other people were like sharing their apps on app review sites and getting reviews there. And I would help with sales or just like getting reviews on nine to five max or stuff like that. And all of that was like, I could, I was able to discover it because of, yeah, just the other people and what they were doing there. And all of my sales were like pretty much global. Which is also pretty exciting. Like people in Australia, people in Europe, people in us where I've never been like, they're using my app, they're downloading my app. Wow.
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah. I had a similar experience when, cause I have Google analytics enabled for the blog and yeah, there'll be people from South Korea looking at it or the UK. And I'm just like, who on earth is. But that's the yeah, I guess that's the crazy thing about the internet is like anyone can navigate. Yeah. That um, just give me
1: one sec. I need to charge my laptop. It's gonna die otherwise.
0: Oh okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. This works. Okay. All good. So you yeah, I guess that is the interaction. But it's interesting that Twitter was the best free marketing you have because I assume people were just navigating. Oh, who's this kid? Oh, okay. This is some interesting stuff. And then seeing okay, here's a paid app. And then I guess, yeah, maybe $0.99 cents isn't very much for one individual person, but then if thousands of people buy something for $0.99, cents, I guess all the way up to $50, that that adds up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it did help somewhat, but I, would, I wouldn't say too much for this app's marketing as such. It was just that I was able to find other people who were also making apps and selling indie developers who were like making apps and like selling it and like being able to see where are they getting featured and what are they sharing and just trying to copy them Mm -hmm. that was helpful because i would not know about this otherwise like all of this stuff existed and this is how i could be doing it so Mm -hmm. in that sense it was helpful early on but then when we talk about memois and how it got popular that was like solely twitter that was solely accidental twitter popularity (laughs)
0: There you go. And so who were the biggest inspirations for you in terms of indie developers?
1: Oh, interesting. So are you familiar with Daniel Sinclair? Not Daniel Sinclair, wait. Sorry, I'm missing out his name. The You saw that demo, right, with GPT-3 on Figma where it was like automatically generating designs based on text input?
0: No, I didn't.
1: Oh, you did not? That was like the super popular...
0: I've seen a lot of GPT 3 things like ideas, AI by, you know, peer levels and, and all sorts of stuff on product hunt for writing emails and stuff, but it was automatically generating designs on Figma.
1: Yeah. That was like one of the earliest popular, like viral Twitter demos. It was Jeez. like, you just, it's just a designer's dream come true. He <laughs> would just like write it out in plain text what I want. And you get r- So he was actually doing, yeah, at that point, back in 2014, 15, he was also in making iOS apps. I don't know if he still does, but yeah, he was also like doing the WWDC stuff and he was cool. All of the folks that I was following at that time, all of them were like pretty inspirational in terms of just like all of these kids are, my age, some are younger than me, some are like just a bit older than me. And all of them are making all these really amazing, really beautiful apps, really professional apps. And I just wanted to follow them at a very micro level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's just, yeah, I wouldn't say just 1% person is just, yeah. The whole vibe.
0: <laughs> right. The whole community is inspired. Yeah, it is like the
1: vibe you have a Gen Z, Gen Z right now. Like everyone is doing these moonshot projects. You also want to be doing something similar.
0: Right. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. And so you, you start making apps and so then you're making apps for a couple of years. So now you're 16 or 17, right?
1: Yeah. That's when I, yeah, started Georgia Tech as well.
0: When you were 17?
1: When I was 16.
0: Oh, you started Georgia Tech at 16? Yeah. Oh, did you skip a grade? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know I guess the system does work a little bit differently in India in terms of the cutoffs. No, it doesn't.
1: No, it it doesn't. doesn't. Wanting to spare at college.
0: (laughs) I know my mom started. Okay, anyway, yeah. Okay, you come to college as a as a sixteen year old. So, what's is that like your first experience? Of being in America, or certainly, I guess, being in America for that long. And so you come, you meet a whole new group of people. So what's that?
1: I don't know how to describe it. I don't have (laughs) any comparison to share, (laughs) to say, okay, this was like that. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, yeah, just the way it is for everyone. (laughs) Just going, getting away from home for the first time.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't don't think it was like, yeah, special in, in any way per se, other than I was able to, yeah, find many more people offline who were, actually making stuff who were doing like tech things and like making apps and whatnot. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that was pretty cool (laughs) Mm because I had, did not have a lot of those people at my school.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. What were, I don't know. What were the coolest things that stood out to you at, at tech? All over time. Just coming to campus. What are the things that stood out to you? Whether it was like iOS club? Yeah. The first time, the first time.
1: Huh? Huh. I did join a lot of clubs in my first two year cuz everyone does try to join the iOS club and whatnot. <laughs> and then it just like classes hit and academics hit and it was like really hard to manage. Yeah. Actually what I ended up doing my first semester was yeah getting just too way too involved in like classes and I ended up getting cuz I was scared of Georgia Tech I don't know if I'm going to be able to cope with all the studies and all this stuff and I just ended up doubling down on that and it was cool like I got good grades but then I was not satisfied something was missing it was because I was not doing any side project and I was just continuing to work on my iOS apps a little bit just to make sure to keep me keep earning money but that's it Mm -hmm. And yeah so my first semester yeah I just was absorbing the whole trying to understand what the campus is and like what Georgia Tech is and what's happening all around Mm -hmm. but did not end up doing much interesting stuff. But then by my second semester, I was able to figure out, okay, like startups were something that I was interested in and that I had not totally fully explored yet. I was just like an indie developer making apps. And what's the next stage after you are an indie developer, you do a startup. So I was able to get into startup exchange and like starting, and this was pretty cool. So Georgia Tech being where it is, like you get a lot of, at least with startup exchange and other places, there are a lot of interesting people coming around and like doing fireside chats or whatever. And you just have to find your way because it's hard. It's not too well publicized, I guess. Mm-hmm. So once you come across that niche, then it's just that there's a lot of events that you can get involved in and start finding like-minded people and start going from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. I remember going to a few startup exchange events sort of my first semester and it was The amazing part of it was, is that here were people that were obviously successful, had started their own companies and made a lot of money. And then they were just there, just on the stage, walking around talking to you and sharing what they'd learned and and just being normal people, which is bizarre in a way.
1: Yeah, it is. And this also reminds me, so there are also a lot of people just like trying to start startups and they're like looking for... I don't know, like looking for someone technical to help them out. Mm -hmm. And it was like my first two semesters, I was like getting a lot of people just like saying, I'm building this startup and I really want you to help out. I was like impressed and oh my God, they want my help. And that's so freaking cool. I want to do that. And then I slowly realized, okay, (laughs) yeah, that's going to happen a lot. (laughs) I need to be more careful about my time and stuff because everyone is trying to find a technical co-founder and Mm -hmm. it's just all over the place.
0: Yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, I think particularly in the early part of college, even people that are pursuing maybe technical degrees aren't as technical or don't have as much experience, perhaps as as you know you did when you came in. So maybe they yeah, really like just I'm wanted. Making,
1: and I want you to make my iOS app. And I was like, yeah, I do iOS apps. <laughs> I can be a technical co-founder.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, hey, Adush, just build this. Like, we we want this. <laughs> just build it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That's going to help if someone is. Every Yeah, it's all the time people are looking for business majors would be looking for tech people to help them out on their startups.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, I did not ask what a major was. Are you a business major?
0: No, I'm a CS major. Yeah, no, you're not <laughs> going to hurt my feelings. It's okay.
1: In which about business majors?
0: <laughs> right, yeah. No, there's surprisingly very many on our campus, but it's interesting. I don't want to say anything mean about business majors because I put this online.
1: <laughs> it's being authentic. It's being genuinely you it's it's not being mean to them yeah
0: yeah i i don't know georgia tech is an amazing place but at times it feels like it's two sort of separate universities there's like the tech people and, and to some extent there's extremely nerdy people which is great but then there's also another totally different subset of people that it seems like they have different goals and and different experiences that they want to have while they're at college and it just makes for this weird sort of experience where you feel like (laughs) oh where am I where am I right now you know what I mean you're just talking to a completely different group of people and you're just submerged in that bubble all of a sudden which is I guess a little jarring at first but then you're like okay I guess this is just the way it is but to be honest I haven't been on campus for nine months I've just been at home so (laughs) Um, yeah
1: nothing is really happening on campus (laughs) it's basically dead yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Do you still? I guess you said you're just like hanging out there, but do you still walk around on campus? Do you utilize the facilities and stuff?
1: Not really. I haven't been like on the campus. Mm-hmm. I my apartment is at Tech Square. Yeah, startup stuff or like it usually happens around there. So You yeah. don't really have to go anywhere else. That's like pretty convenient as well. Just like living on Tech Square and everything is like just around the corner there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, a few friends and I, we were planning on living at the standard next semester, but I honestly don't know if that's going to work out right now, but that would have been nice because we would have just been right next to, is it the Techstars building is like right there? Is that, am I thinking of the right thing? Like right across from BNN?
1: Wait, Techstars? I have to... Techstars, isn't that in like Ponds?
0: Tech, uh, it's like the huge building right next to NCR, right across from NCR. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a lot of startups there, right?
1: Yes, I know it's in the Centergy building. Right. And
0: okay. Uh, okay. Cause I remember meeting people there and yeah, just talking to people. It's like, oh, we just work right there. I was like, oh, okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I feel like it should be the synergy building. Cause that was, that was like the place with ATDC and all the startups mm-hmm. around there. Yeah. Now you've also got wework work at Coda. Right. Right. Yeah. And right. then also
0: Atlanta startup battle is like right around the corner. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. like, yeah,
1: I think that would be in front of, yeah, the standard. It's a bit scary at it because I've been getting a lot of, you've been, you would have been as well, the Georgia type police alerts with the shootings and whatnot happening around in that area.
0: It's so bizarre, right? I, yeah. yeah. You get some, that's, that's just
1: unexpected. Like it ha- it was not, it did not used to happen before, like. I've been seeing that a lot this year, in fact, just,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, this whole COVID thing's got people weird, I guess.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a really nice area. Just like everything is walking distance.
0: Yeah. No, that the tech Square part is really nice. Yeah. Definitely. Whenever we go out on Friday, Saturday evenings. Yeah. We just go through tech square midtown. So then I'm interested in when you like, was me I would be Surprised it was, it was, was memo is your first, you're like, okay, I'm not getting everything I want to out of college. So is that your first sort of big side project or did yeah, you do yeah, something yeah. else?
1: Yeah. Even me, story was like pretty organic in that I was getting too much into academics mm-hmm. and this is 2016. This is where the college meme groups on Facebook started to become popular mm-hmm. and Memes were like becoming this thing to like de-stress. At least that helped out a lot to me. Like after classes, like memes would be so damn relatable, and they would just help out a lot. It was just like okay, memes are super cool, and I'm trying. I'm starting to see these difficulties I'm facing with memes. Like just I want more and more memes. I want more and more memes to just keep me happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was like okay, I-, I could make a meme app that could help me out with that. It was. It started being just an because again. I'm coming from just an indie app background. So I just made the app to start with. And then when the tech, when I shared it on Twitter and stuff happened and it just blew up and so many people were using it, then the idea came okay, it's a lot of people that are using it and it needs to be a startup. And I've been hanging around at Startup Exchange and whatnot. So yeah, let's make it a startup.
0: (laughs) There you go. There you go. And so you. (laughs) You started getting a little bit of traction as in people were using this thing. I don't know a lot about memeless, but it uses some AR so you can put the meme sort of in your physical environment. I mean, so the
1: first, the very first, I guess the very basic idea is just that kind of a meme social app where you open the app and the app knows what memes you like. That was like the very basic mm-hmm. idea behind it. So instead of going to Facebook and seeing like 10 different not meme things, just like being going to Facebook, who wants to go to Facebook <laughs> Instead of seeing random stuff instead of seeing memes, like instead you come to the app and the app has the latest memes and the memes that you're going to, mm-hmm. that was like the very basic idea. And then what you're saying, we just tried it out with AR cause Giphy was doing something similar with a uh, Giphy world and they were like putting gifs in AR, so we just tried it out as well, just like a tech novelty idea, <laughs> not really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I thought super, that was super cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. Super cool. <laughs> that was what I was aiming for.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely see, you know what I mean? It sounds like one of those wacky ideas, but I guess most successful ideas do sound like a little bit crazy at first, but I can definitely see why a lot of that sort of resonated with a lot of people, yeah. especially being on campus for a year. And it's a very, I think Georgia Tech in particular, it's very high stress. People take academics very seriously and they also take getting an internship and sort of career very seriously And so you can definitely see in that sort of environment why memes would be particularly loved just because, right. I would get out of an exam and then already you just check the group me and people have made dozens of memes already. And you're like, holy cow. Um, Yeah. yeah. In (laughs) fact, that
1: was like something I was thinking about, like when you were saying like different subcultures on campus, I was actually coming back to even in there's this group of people who just wants to, get their internship at Google <laughs> and that's <laughs> the CS majors. That's what, everything that they want. And that's what they're studying for. And then there is a group that's all into startups and like never wants to work at Fang and just wants to do their own thing and like make something big. And this, these are like two different, very different groups. And it's hard to find your way around the right group if you want to. So I was like in the first group and then slowly started to discover this second niche, just all around create eggs and startup exchange and yeah all of this startup community. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah.
0: To be honest, even in that it sort is, of second
1: grad- I was just gonna say the culture is shifting gradually. Like it's more and more people who are getting more into startups and less to just being into internships. It's just pretty cool, I think.
0: Yeah. I, I think startups are definitely in fashion right now in terms of yes, most people, they're like, oh, I wanna start a startup. And yeah, to be honest when you said that I, I felt like I found sort of people from that first group at times In the startup exchange, CreateX events as well, which which is fine. I I don't think one group is necessarily better than the other, but I I just, there are definitely people that are looking to get experience and then end up at Google or something like that somehow. But engaging on tech Twitter, there is obviously another group that's sort of radically anti-FANG, create value, do it ourselves. And it's just so interesting, especially for me, is that you don't get exposed to these different sort of life career paths otherwise. And so you don't understand what's out there and that doesn't open up different ways of being for yourself too. Even just talking to you and and learning about sort of the different decisions you made is very interesting in that it it shows you that there's a lot of different options out there for doing different things.
1: Just takes over my mind. (laughs) There's so much to do. Like you could be doing so many different things. You could be starting a startup. You could be joining... Startup is one thing, let's just not get into like other different things, but like, sure, you could be doing startups, you could be like doing a freaking PhD and <laughs> like, sure, Google, uh, Google founders did that, right? They were actually doing PhD and from their PhD projects, they started up with the startup and the whole company. And a lot of people at Georgia Tech are doing it as well. A lot of successful companies have come out of Georgia Tech out of their PhD theses and they have the whole program up there. You could be doing that as well. And just in different backgrounds, like tech is one, the CS is one thing. And then you could be doing like neuroscience, you could be doing linguistics. You could be doing psychology. You could be doing like so many different things and like all of them relate back together, but these different parts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, all disciplines are beautiful in their own way. And it's just, it's difficult. Cause I guess I had the same experience as you in the first semesters. You sort of want to reach for everything that you see, but in that process, you have to identify what you uniquely like and value and find interesting because obviously you can't do everything right. No matter how wonderful all those different things might be.
1: We say that right now, is that going to be always true? <laughs> when singularity hits you are in the chips and you're going to live forever and you consume the entire <laughs> internet. <laughs>
0: Another thing about this whole quarantine thing is just the amount of content on the internet is staggering. And I'm, I'm learning to navigate the internet in ways in which you can find cool and wacky, but also really beautiful ideas that not a lot of people find. And so that's been a wonderful experience as well. And so you, and another question I want to ask is, so you, you seem to be like multivariate as well and trying different things and, and looking at different things. Cause you're not just, obviously you're not just an indie app developer or someone who's into startups. You're also like a, a writer. It's so I'm wondering about when this whole, this you made a Twitter account for your blog, right? And so when this whole sort of idea of starting a blog came about?
1: Everyone has a blog. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A person who wants to be unique, I to end up following a lot of people around me. If so a lot of people are doing the same thing. Then I'm like, okay, but am I not? <laughs> mm-hmm. But then other than that, it's just that it's a cool thing to have like your own place to write stuff. Although I've not been using that a lot recently, but yeah. Just, mm-hmm. I wrote about this on my blog. It's like something that sounds cool to say that was my biggest inspiration behind starting it, just going to be like, Oh, I blogged about it. Check it out on my blog. <laughs> and then,
0: yeah. So you, you start a blog, you've, so you have Mimoys going on, you have the blog going on and, and so what's the point at which you're like, okay, I should, I should just leave school to focus on. You know, these other things that I want to focus on or not necessarily leave school, but just take time off.
1: So the way I don't, the way I'm using, even when I like briefly came back and started taking the way I use Georgia Tech is that not just like for degree, but like, just like learning stuff that I could not learn myself on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like I was taking a lot of AI classes, a lot of deep learning classes. Because you were doing this thing with using AI to classify memes, but I just did not get a chance. Like when you start getting, when you start having a startup, and you like start getting into more sort of management roles, you start losing touch out of new tech and like AI had been making a lot of progress in like last two to three years. It was so damn hard to understand myself. So like that's what I was doing at Georgia Tech, just like taking these AI classes because it's much easier to learn in a curriculum at tech rather than just like trying to figure it out myself, Mm -hmm. but just like, again, on like taking classes in linguistics or taking classes in, yeah, stuff that I like find interesting to do. It would be just, yeah. Cool to just use that resource there whenever I want to. So yeah, that's just the way I used, I use it. And I guess, yeah, just when something is like cool enough to like make me actually, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to define it. Like, when do you say something is actually real work and not a side project? <laughs> like for memoirs, we raised some hundred K and it was like, okay, this is beyond expectation coming as an indie developer, making some one two K, three K a month to going on to raising a hundred K for an app. It was like a big jump, big leap. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. But then over time it just it still doesn't feel like real work. It's still like very much you're like struggling to make it work every day and trying to make sure that it doesn't die. Mm-hmm i guess that's true for all status but i don't know yeah just trying to make sure that it actually works and then sure i'm gonna be on a permanent leave
0: that's the plan it's good that it doesn't feel like it will work but yeah i think the thing that's interesting to me is that there's it it seems like you used school in a way that's different to the way that a lot of other people would use school and i think there's certainly a narrative and it, it comes from a lot of different places but it's this idea that school is deeply necessary. And I think like a phenomenal, Georgia Tech is obviously a phenomenal school, even even amidst quarantine. It's clear that it's a fantastic institution and it's not going anywhere, but it's just interesting that you use school to augment sort of the other stuff that you were doing in terms of using school to help yourself be a better startup founder, to be more in touch with the new ideas that were there to help you have a better understanding of image processing or different sort of learning techniques to perform inference versus making it your singular focus to the point where you would right. just follow that. Yeah. Path. yeah.
1: Yeah. Also I'm waiting just for the fellowship to accept me. If they had, I would not have continued with school. I would have like completely went on permanent leave,
0: mm-hmm. but yeah, they haven't
1: uh-huh. gone through that yet. <laughs> that's a mm-hmm. stopper.
0: So what was, obviously that's a leap, right? That's like a sort of radical lifestyle change in a lot of ways because it's very easy to compartmentalize your life as a student where it's okay i I live here i eat here i sleep here i go to class and then that's it and so then leaving school that's just going out into the real world and so you're taking control of your time which is awesome but was it difficult to you know convince any people in in your life that you wanted to make that change or were you just able to make that decision yourself
1: i was able to make it like yeah i didn't have difficulty convincing so much, I guess it was useful to get validation in terms of just, yeah, being recognized in some places and like, just, yeah, this thing is actually cool and it's working. Like Prize, I said, Georgia Tech, writing about it helped convince my parents. I just mm-hmm. that being able to raise money about it. Mm-hmm. I guess some other people find value in it and it's just not a silly funny app. <laughs> so that helped a lot. And yeah, other than that, it was not a big deal, I guess. I'm also like a big believer in just no university, like college is not necessary if you want to break into tech. And that is where like I'm coming from with my thing or like the way I use it. Like college is like a cool luxury where you're like getting to explore different stuff Where you're like getting to learn. Yeah. Being able to get into these different stuff, or like being able to meet people and whatnot, that's like the main utility value compared to just, yeah. Cause just the stuff that you teach in class, you still learn that on YouTube. Indian guys teaching that to you on YouTube, but just like searching on check for answers. <laughs> that's, that's not really useful. You can still get on the internet, anyways. You could just go to Lambda School. Lambda School is pretty cool <laughs> if you just want a te- tech job.
0: Yeah, Lambda School is pretty cool and it's a lot cheaper than <laughs> a. Yeah. a
1: uh... have been a lot of services like these, right? Where you just like very easily to do- break in into whatever tech career that you want without having to go to school and like they pay to pay you for that.
0: It, it, it's interesting. I think if the primary goal is to just end up at a job at a big tech company, then there's a lot of different ways to go around it, to go about it. And yeah, maybe. But obviously, yeah, the value of college is you also have a community. You also, right. I, I think there are certain things that I can learn in college, you know, specifically in-person college that I probably couldn't learn online. Like probably the more technical things, if I was a computer engineering major, I think doing that online might be painful.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm just talking about CS because that's the background I'm talking about. CS or say yeah. even business in many ways. It's not that hard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> business majors don't do much in classes anyways. Oh <laughs> they will learn much more doing startups.
0: Even I think I think VC. I don't know what your sort of perception is, but it's very obvious that a lot of people want to get into VC, and there's a lot of these programs on college campuses to help people get into VC. But just reading an article by Eric um, Tornberg where he was talking about getting into VC, he was like, "If you want to get into VC, just invest in your friend's companies. So that's getting into VC." I was like, "Oh, okay."
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm so sad that there were not enough. There's not enough like student scouts at Georgia Tech, or there's not enough. Yeah student VC activity at Georgia Tech that have been so cool even I did not get a chance to get into VC so far just because if you like compare this to like kids at Berkeley like you have so many different programs from dorm room funds to whatnot that are just every single person I know from these Area schools they're somehow involved with VC just because it's so damn easy to become a Student
0: yeah. scout or whatever. Yeah. To the point where, so one of the, one of the people I interviewed, who's sort of my friend, Wade Fletcher. He said, so have you heard of uh, Contrary Capital? Right. Yeah. So they, they have the Contrary Capital at Georgia Tech, I know. They're, yeah. And so he was, he's from, he goes to the Indiana University. And so he was trying to be a, a Contrary Capital scout at IU. And they said, uh, we're not really interested in having a program set up there. And so he went ahead and started his own thing just called Undercover VC, which is the same idea. It's deputizing college students as scouts on campuses. And then they go out, they find interesting builders like yourself, people starting ventures, and they try to connect them with VCs who could help them and potentially write checks or just give advice because a lot of VCs tend to be founders and probably even student founders anyway. To the point where, and and they opened the application up and he said most of the applications they got were actually from Columbia University. And he was just (laughs) like, there's no reason that these kids need us. And and so he was more thinking about Clemson and uh, Southern Southeast schools. Because I know the way the dorm room fund works is that it's mostly, like you said, it's mostly Northeast and sort of West Coast based. And they have different city hubs around both coasts. And so the Philly hub is responsible for the entire southeast, so every school south of Philadelphia is just under fifteen people at DRF, which is crazy because I think Georgia Tech is so entrepreneurial that it's just wild. Just because a lot of people are are just building things.
1: Yeah, yeah. The closest thing you've got is Createx, which is which has been like yeah has been like tightening on the just the like at the point where I was doing Createx, or like where I was. I, would, I, I don't know. Yeah. So it was back, back then CreateX was just like in the summer, instead of going for a tech internship at Google, we are going to pay you that much or more than that. And you're going to be working on your own startup and you retain all the money, you do whatever you want to do with the money. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It was like how they were enticing people early on. It was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, now it's
1: grant based and it's yeah. still, they still get a lot of cool people to apply just because Georgia Tech, as you said, like Georgia Tech has so much startup activity going on, but if that was there for everyone, that would have been so much cooler. Everyone for, able to get, they were like 20K checks for,
0: For yeah, students, any like individual people?
1: Thing. For startups, for all the startups that they were accepting.
0: But yeah, the thing I'm just wondering about is right now, I think it's, I don't even know if they give you, do they give you money up front or is it like the possibility of getting a certain amount of money if you join the program?
1: I'm not sure. I think they yeah. are giving you some grants upfront, and then yeah. a possibility to be able to fundraise at the end of the program.
0: I think yeah, it's the possibility to get an absurd amount of money, like 200k or something like that. But then they do take a small piece if they give you that whole um, ridiculous sum. So you you're saying that in 2017, 2016, it was they will you are allowed to pay no, yourself. Still
1: take, a, still take a equity in your company. Mm-hmm. But then it was still like basically an idea stage company that they were taking. Okay. You had an idea, you have a team, and you want to work on it. Cool, we're going to accept you. Mm-hmm. It's working on for your internship. You can just work on this, and here's 20K. Do whatever you want to do with it.
0: That's pretty cool. And yeah, I, I think definitely interacting with Create X, going to some talks. They do say the goal is to increase entrepreneurial output because I know there's a lot of success stories stored, fixed. I'm blanking now. I know there's more. Um, But they're, yeah. And I think the goal is, they said they want to have 300 startups a year coming out of Georgia Tech, which is ambitious. The more we learn and the more paths there are, you don't necessarily need to go to Georgia Tech or any college to start a company. But it'll be interesting. I think Atlanta, definitely like you talked about, I think more investors are going to be coming to Atlanta just because there's a lot going on there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It would be super cool if I was a freshman again and I had, I, w- I would just be like trying to bring VC money to students somehow. Because when you're young, it's, it's still easy to like just call email and like try to get connected with investors. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to channel that and like try to find your way and start something at tech, and you're able to like, yeah, microfinance startups. That would be yeah, super cool. It just again if you have money just invest in your friends startups if we could expand that and make it more big and like bigger than just like an individual scale that would be cool as well just that just helps more people be able to do it
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah the sort of eric Tornberg article that i mentioned to you, you use like in try to invest in your friends companies even if it's like a thousand dollars like it <laughs> And yeah, I know software engineers that do just invest in all their friends companies, just cause, um, Yeah, which is really you need cool.
1: more information in that It just becomes harder to get those, like, accept those investments as a startup, just because of all the regulations and rules and whatnot, with like accreditation, accredited, accredited investors mm-hmm. and yeah, managing the cap tables. And
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I think you have more experience about that, than I do use is now it's four years old or three years old. Three years, technically
1: two, considering from when we started from as being a startup, but otherwise three.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you start it with one of your friends at tech?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, worked with friends who were like, because I, this was like after two semesters, so I had time. I'm not too much social per se, but like I was able to get to meet cool people just working with class in class projects mm-hmm. and I, I like new people who were like, really tech gods in making, making web apps and like doing stuff that I could not do. And I was like, all right, let's do this together. And mm-hmm. they agreed. And that's where we started. So it was yeah. easy to find people to work with, to begin you, that.
0: You guys had complementary skill sets. So you were better at the mobile app side of it. And they were, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, we don't
1: need
0: it. <laughs> do not need anyone
1: to handle the business side. It was you just, need be- you need to do everything else and that will work.
0: I think, yeah, maybe that's like the Mark Zuckerberg model where see, he somehow managed to keep control of everything <laughs> even though he was a technical person, which is very rare, actually, I think. Yeah. Because, yeah, when I started going to events, right, Graham Gintz, have you heard of Graham? the He started, he's the CEO of Knightly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, yeah, he talks to everyone. But, um, yeah, he <laughs> one of the things that he said that Was interesting to me was he was like, no one starts a startup to be a CEO or gets into this business to be a CEO, which is nice, right? You know, because people start startups to solve problems or make something cool. Like you did not sell to people probably.
1: Yeah. Those are the, I I, I do think those are the people who are like usually more successful, but there are people who just like go with I want to do a startup and okay, what can I do now? There are people who do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because it's becoming more mainstream popular than before. It's yeah. like cool thing to do startups.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah. There's definitely a lot of space for like lifestyle businesses, but I think it's, yeah, you're right. It's probably definitely tougher if you're just like, okay, I'm going to start a startup. What the heck do I do now? And it's like, actually, this is very hard. So.
1: And it's, yeah, yeah, that's true. And in fact, so you, you already know all the niche advices, like only do a startup if you like really care about it. And it's going to, because it's going to turn, but it actually like turns really hard at one point. And you really need a motivating factor to keep going and having that internal motivation, like this is why I started it, mm-hmm. started doing it, It's like always helpful than saying, I just wanted to do a cool thing. Well, I don't want to do it anymore.
0: Bye. I guess when you're our age, it probably is pretty straightforward. I, it is probably great just to be like, okay, I got the experience and now we'll go work for Fang or whatever, or not if you're a business. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I, I discovered about this like a few years back where I was like super depressed, like. Many people would just be doing this. You would be like working. You have a job at fa- at one of these fan companies and then mm-hmm. you drop out or like leave your job and start a startup, raise some money and then get acquired by these companies again. Just go <laughs> working at a higher job level because it's easier to do that to climb up the ladder than just like being working there and then climb up the ladder.
0: Yeah, that's probably that's smart. Thing. Yeah, I know when when Honey was acquired for $4 billion. Someone screenshotted both the founders, uh, LinkedIn sort of experience list, And it was just like failed startup after failed startup after failed startup. And then eventually they they (laughs) sold their company for an outrageous amount of money. Yeah, I
1: feel like that's true for everyone. So even getting back to Zuck, like Zuck had a lot of failed startups. if I'm not wrong. Like everyone has. A list of failed startups, but then no one actually knows about them or talks about them because who cares? I
0: mean, so yeah, that's pretty cares? Cool. just have to yeah. be right once. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, that's a good point. And so you mentioned that you have sort of meme ways going on and then some other sort of fun stuff on the side. So yeah, where did yeah. that stuff come from?
1: <laughs> so the coolest thing I'm working on oh wait, are you familiar with gpt three?
0: Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> open AIs, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I got access to it in August. Again, cold email that helped out.
0: Oh, who did you <laughs> call get cold email?
1: To? Greg. Greg, Greg, Greg Brock. Brockman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I literally emailed the CTO <laughs> saying I want to get access to it. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Sure." There you go. <laughs> A lot of people from Gen Z, Mafia Dad, they were like, exactly did the same thing. They just emailed him and he was super kind. Yeah. to had access.
0: It was so surprising to me. I just filled out the form. And it might have been August too. And then all these people had access to it. I was like, holy cow. And I think you actually posted on Twitter about sort of some cool stuff you might have been doing with it. And I was like, wait, how did you get it? <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. Go on, go on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So right now I'm working on this thing, which is basically like an... A, gen, a dank Gen Z AI friend
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's powered It's powered by GPT-3 along with additional stuff, which is pretty damn cool where you can actually talk to it and it feels, you forget that this is actually a chat wallet you're talking to and coming with all the different things that have been out there just yet. It's like really those things are here and this is here. And no one has really tried putting out the GPT-3 Chatbot kind of thing out there. That's pretty cool from like a business perspective to try to manage it. As well as it's like a pretty damn cool product. It's just like a literally an AI friend that you can talk to about stuff, and it gets into it. You can actually talk about things in detail. Like you can talk about philosophy in detail. You can talk about any dynamic topic in detail, and it would hone on onto the context and actually go into deep conversations.
0: And be able to, and so be like an actual. Friend, basically, I, have yeah. a Possibly. I, I don't know. That's an
1: argument, bold claim to make. <laughs> but it's there. It, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. Just an additional thing that you can like actually interact with when you don't want to talk to humans. So I'm working on that right now. I'm going to be like, yeah, trying to talking to open AI next week and like trying to launch it next week. Should be pretty fun.
0: That, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: Really excited about this as well. So a lot of these AI friend kind of things exist in Asia, like China, Japan, and other places. Like Microsoft has been doing a lot. They have this thing called eyes with some 600 million users in China. A lot of users. <laughs> They've been doing it for some four years now. Mm-hmm. They have this chatbot version called Rina which is same as eyes in Japan. And some they say some 20% of Japan's population uses it. And those are like really damn good. Like people are forming emotional bonds with them and they work well. But this just this is GP3, so this just blows away in terms of tech. There's yeah. far much better than that. And then we can just make it more dank and gen Z-ish rather than being do good, always there for you, politically correct version. It could be like more of a woke thing. There you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely a market for that. And yeah, I yeah, I don't think something like that exists already. Yeah.
1: So that's exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is, that is pretty cool. And yeah, I definitely think going down the Gen Z path or targeting people our age will definitely separate you in terms of, I think a lot of businesses are still trying to figure out what people our age like and will be like and what sort of things that they want. No one needs to tell you because, you know.
1: Yeah. Also, you check my website, so you would have probably seen it there, but like, I've been also working on plus one, the thing where you like get on the, it, I've been doing that at Georgia Tech, which is we host that night, every week, night, every weekend we host events where you can just like drop in and like randomly connect to strangers and just like talk uh, for 10 yeah. minutes. And then, yeah. yeah, at the end, the conversation ends, yeah, do you want to, if you want to exchange contact info, for you do, and then you can just get connected, mm-hmm. otherwise you just disappear into the void. <laughs> trying to pivot that around. Did you actually ended up finding it from like the different places we were like trying to promote it?
0: No, I, I found it off yeah. of your website. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we We've trying- been like trying to put it out on Reddit. We got a lot of people interested from Reddit. And then it was also on the College of Computing's news and event waiting list. But like yeah. send a lot of emails so people ignore like, College that. of
0: Computing sends way too many emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just stopped paying <laughs> attention to this. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool as well. I think, especially at Georgia Tech, that'll go really well because you can just poof, <laughs> but maybe you can meet someone <laughs> yeah, really cool.
1: It has been pretty cool. Yeah. We tried it for four, five weeks. Yeah. we had Some, I don't know. We had some like 8,000, 10,000 minutes of talking happening. So a yeah. lot of talking, a lot of yeah. new connections made, but 300 ish connections made. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Let me just, yeah, started to see, okay, what what's happening right now? What can we do better? yeah so It's on a pause right now, but it has been pretty exciting this semester, especially when everyone is like a different part of the world. And some of them are just like not getting more human connection. And this lets you do that. Mm-hmm.
0: What percentage of people do you think, do you know, exchange contact information? Or like how, what percent of these calls end up with that exchange?
1: Yeah, some like about 45 percentage. Contacts, exchanges. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess well, one out of every two interactions ends with, okay, here's a new friend, which is, yeah, that's amazing. So Yeah. Have you used that's it yourself?
1: I, well. <laughs> I didn't use it myself. Uh, yeah. That was like, I always do stuff that I use myself. Mm-hmm. That is usually my, always my reason to make something because I wanted myself. <laughs> so I did end up using it a lot. Um, that was interesting. I ended up meeting a lot of interesting people I'm still connected to. (laughs) I found it people who are like doing startups as well. That was interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know, just trying to make sure it works. A lot of people have been excited about it for just from a dating perspective, which I found out after using it a lot and getting, that's
0: That's what I thought.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you're going to be actually pivoting into that just making it a dating app. Cause why not? Let's try that out.
0: The cool thing about that is I think people are weird enough where people will still use it, and you could still just meet a friend. Like <laughs> it's not.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the so when people when there was this access form and a lot of the people were saying just would be really crazy if I found my life partner, future life partner <laughs> from this app. Or if I found my girlfriend from this app, <laughs> that would be the craziest thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, that does seem pretty cool. And I could definitely see that sort of working out and that would be a crazy story. It's just, so I've been married for 10 years and all because of plus one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) These are exciting things. They keep me up. They keep me excited about working on different things.
0: Yeah. That's just looking at the time. I would love to talk for obviously ages and, and there's oh, stuff we didn't get to touch on, but that's typically the last question I always ask people is just what gets you the most excited for the future, whether it's for some larger trend or just in your own life.
1: Wait, what's the question again? What gets me excited about the future?
0: Yeah. What What excites you the most about the future, whether it's has to do with some larger trend or if it's just in your own life?
1: There's so many exciting things. I don't know. I, I guess the, most, the coolest thing that excites me is just, yeah, yes. Two pillared. One would be Elon Musk's whole idea about, or just in general, space flaring civilization, like going to Mars and like becoming this multi-planetary species. I don't I know I'm not doing much or like anything in that step yet, but mm-hmm. I don't know why, because I haven't found an opportunity yet. But that's something that excites me a lot. And then just singularity and the whole thing with Neuralink or in general, being able to get connected with computers and live forever, connect your mind. The hive mind that thing is also pretty damn cool because that basically means you are there for infinity. Those
0: are hardware, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it that that also connects with like CRISPR and like just genetic engineering and whatnot. But yeah, that's the basic of it, like just being able to do infinite stuff. Yeah, that covers pretty much everything.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing that you. Wait, was it you that asked Elon Musk a question, or no? I think that was yeah. That no,
1: was I don't. Else. That yeah, famously. well, I know I'm gonna get ignored. I just don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's certainly very exciting, and yeah, he's got his toe in, or he's got his hand in just about a lot of yeah. different things.
1: <laughs> yeah, Elon, is, Elon Musk is definitely he has his flaws, a lot of flaws. So don't idealize him. But yeah, he's definitely an inspiration on a lot of stuff. It does all like all the cool stuff.
0: Yeah. And there's so much that he, the coolest thing about him is he's like you in the sense that he has a lot of different ideas and some of them he just acknowledges, okay, I can't work on this, but he just open sources it. He's like, could someone else please work on this? If I were working on, this is how I would do it with stuff like Hyperloop and just moonshot ideas that are really nuts, but also could change the world if they worked out. Or I guess they already are changing the world, a lot of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The thing that stuck with me has been has always stuck with me Is like some place he was like saying that with spacex he had he calculated this two or three percent chance that this is actually going to work out but that was enough for him to be like okay if even if there is two or three percent chance i don't want to retire after selling paypal and like having all that money i want to do this instead this is the future i want to live in i think that was like pretty damn cool
0: yeah yeah. And even PayPal changed so many things, but he, yeah, that's really cool. So yeah, Nish, thanks for yeah. talking to me. Obviously it was super nice. Obviously just to talk to a fellow fella, fella Jacket too, but uh, yeah, super cool. And then I'll hopefully send you a copy of the book when it's all done and um, keep me updated on how the things go. I'm super excited for it. It blows my mind how many different things you have going on, but definitely I'll be looking forward to the whole OpenAI chatbot announcement next week.
1: Thanks. Uh, it was like, really fun too. <coughs> Sorry, my voice is going off at this point. <laughs> it was really fun to talk to you too.
0: Yeah. I'm excited about the book too. Appreciate it. Also, thank you okay. awesome. Thanks so much Anoush. Take care.
1: Okay, bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please like, subscribe, tweet, text, and share so that more people can find the podcast. Take care and we'll see you next time.